Hey, this is Pastor Daniel McGee with Connection Church in New York City. Thank you for listening to our church's weekly podcast. We hope God uses this sermon to encourage you and to increase your faith in Him. If you'd like to know more about our church, please check out our website at ConnectionNYC.com or like us on Facebook at ConnectionNYC. Grace and peace be with you. Today we're um, continuing our journey through the book of Acts. And so join me in the book of Acts chapter 9. We're going to finish up this chapter uh, and head forward into chapter double digits of 10 next week. Uh, But today um, it's quite a monumental section of Scripture, but we're going to go through it quickly. Um, And so I I want to encourage you today, uh, this is today's big idea uh, don't miss the miracles looking for a miracle. Don't miss the miracles looking for a miracle. Um, I, there's a phrase I'm sure you've heard before. Don't, um, I can't see the forest for the tree, because of the trees, for the trees. And I was looking at the origination of that, and it seems like that was about 450 years ago. There was a guy named, uh, had, had the last name Wood, and he was a, an architect or a, um, a uh, a builder, if you will, constructor, <laughs> whatever, he built stuff, all right? So he built these trees in this, in this area, uh, built these... He built the trees? He, bu- <laughs> he built houses, all right? He was a developer. He built houses, and he planted trees in front of these houses, and the tree got so big that you couldn't see it. And so their phrase was originally, I think, uh, you can't see the wood for the tree, and so, and then that kind of morphed into it because his last name was Wood and then Forest or whatever. And now we think of can't see the forest for the trees as being an idiom or a, a metaphor, a saying that we use to communicate that we can't see the big picture of what's going on because we're focused too much on the fine details. And, and oftentimes we do that in our lives with God. And it's so imperative that we remember that God sees the whole picture, He sees everything. And sometimes he's working all kinds of miracles. He's doing great things. And we're not seeing that. We're not recognizing that because we're looking for this one thing. This one thing that we can't stop focusing on. This one breakthrough that we need. This one area that we're weak in. And we get so pressed in on this that we miss the other miracles that God's doing. And so there's this God who is doing wonderful works, who's alive, who's reigning supreme right now. And my encouragement for all of us, this is me too, this is a, a sermon pretty much for me today, uh, and, and, I, and I feel like I'm just going to share it with you, and I, and I believe the Lord's going to bless it, uh, because I have trouble. I've had a, an up and down week. We had really great news one day, and then many times in sports, you know, if you have this big win, the next game you play, you're kind of flat, and so that's, I felt flat since Wednesday. You know, and I'm just like on a roller coaster. And if you know details of what we're going through, you, you know, it's pretty big stuff. And so it's just a, a tumultuous time. And I found it very difficult. Even this morning, I'm going to let you into my heart. I didn't really want to get up and preach this morning. I really wanted to sleep in. But I didn't because I get paid to be here. <laughs> That's not the reason. I didn't because I, I love you guys. And I know that you're going through stuff too. And you need to be encouraged, just like I need to be encouraged. And we are to work together in order to encourage one another. And so I'm encouraging you not to miss the miracles 
that God's doing looking for one specific miracle. So in the book of Acts chapter 9, we, we, we get this principle going through here. And so we just left off last week where Saul was miraculously transformed, right? This miracle happened. He met Jesus on the road um, to Damascus. He was radically transformed to the point that he was actually doing the very thing that he was persecuting people for doing previously. I mean, it was like an immediate turnaround. Huge story. And so he comes um, full circle, and there's a big breaking out of, the, the, of peace. That's what is overwhelming the church in this moment. There's this time of peace, which is wonderful because they were facing a lot of persecution, and the Holy Spirit was encouraging them. They were living in the fear of the Lord, and the, the church grew. Remember, the church is us, right? We're the people. The people grow that multiplied. More and more people came to faith in Christ. So now we're going to switch over to Peter this week. Now, Peter has another name too. What's his other name? Simon, right? So he has two names as well. Um, remember, Saul has, is, is his um, Hebrew name, and what's his Greek name? Paul, right? We're going to see that again today happen too. There's going to be some people that have two names, and you're going to see them change uh, between calling them one name to the other in the same you know, section of Scriptures too. So one thing to remember uh, as we go through here. All right, so verse 32 is where we're looking. Don't miss the miracles looking for a miracle. So Peter, we're switching over from Paul to Peter. As Peter traveled about the country, he went to visit the Lord's people who lived in Lydda. And there he found a man named Aeneas, who was paralyzed and had been bedridden for eight years. So evidently, um, this was maybe something new for Aeneas. Uh, he was not born paralyzed, and, but he'd been in this condition for about eight years. Peter goes to him and says, Aeneas, Jesus Christ heals you. Get up and roll up your mat, which sounds exactly like something my wife would say. Get up and make your bed, right? <laughs> you got to do this, all right? So immediately, Aeneas got up. We don't know whether or not he picked up his mat or not. We don't get that information at this point. So whether he was faithful in that, he may have been overjoyed, not picked up his mat. But he got up and he walked. So we, we see clearly this huge miracle that God did through Peter for this man named Aeneas. Easy to see that miracle, right? That's like, you, you, you can see the forest for that one. You can see the trees. You, you see that miracle. It's easy. We're going to push past this great miracle, as wonderful as it is, all right? Because I have another miracle to share with you. All those who lived in Lydda and Sharon saw him and turned to the Lord. So it's really clear to see, God, this great miracle. Aeneas was uh, uh, miraculously healed. They gave credit to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who Peter healed him in the name of. And these people started to believe, right? God was using these miraculous things to bring people to faith in Christ. they like, I see the power of God. I see the truth that's happening here. I can't deny it. I'm believing in Jesus. I trust in Him. All right, so we're shifting over to Joppa. In Joppa, that sounds like a Star Wars name to me, does it? Yeah. In Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek, her name was Dorcas, which I think should make a comeback. That's a wonderful name. If you're thinking of a little girl named Dorcas is awesome, all right? So uh, in Joppa, there was a disciple named Tabitha. So a little quick, um, if there's anyone named Dorcas, I'm sorry. I wasn't trying to make fun of it <laughs> in a bad way. Um, and, but I just grew up calling people Dorcases, like Dork, Dork. All right, moving past it. Here we go. I was bad at one point, all right? I did bad things. I said I call people dorks. I was a dork. All right, here we go. 
What I was really trying to get to here is this is a really cool scripture for one huge reason. This is the only time in the Bible where a woman is singularly called a disciple. Now, there's other points where the disciples are men and women together in a group, but usually, or not usually, every time except for this one, it's talking about a disciple named, and it's a guy's name. This is a woman's name. This is actually quite profound and quite progressive as well for a woman to be called a disciple of Jesus because that didn't happen in that day. It was very much a patriarchal structure, and so for a woman to be labeled a disciple, called a disciple by name, is quite revolutionary. So that's worth noting. Uh, she also has Tabitha and, Greek, uh, and, and Dorcas are her two names. She was always doing good and helping the poor. About that time, she became sick and she died, and her body was washed and placed in an upstairs room. Lydda was near Joppa, so when the disciples heard that Peter was in Lydda, they sent two men to him and urged him, Please, Peter, come at once. So Peter went with them, and when he arrived, he was taken upstairs to the room. All the widows stood around Peter. They were crying and showing him the robes and other clothing that Dorcas had made while she was still with them. So she was doing all this great works, right? She was providing for these, these, these widows, especially. Peter sent them all out of the room, and he got down on his knees and he prayed. And turning toward the dead woman, he said, Tabitha, get up. She opened her eyes, and seeing Peter, she sat up. And this reminds me of Lazarus when Jesus was at the tomb, right? Lazarus, come out. And she said, he says, Tabitha, get up. Now that's pretty bold to say to a dead person, right? get up. But God used that bold faith of Peter to call the name of Jesus to raise Tabitha from the dead. So we see a miracle happening here too. So he took her by the hand and he helped her to her feet. Then he called for the believers, especially the widows, and he presented her to them alive, which was a miracle easily seen. This miracle became known all over Joppa, and many people believed in the Lord. And Peter stayed in Joppa for some time with a tanner named Simon, which is Peter's other name, but this is not referring to himself. Another guy. It's a common name, right? What a miracle. So if you just read through this passage, you see two miracles. I see two miracles, right? There was Aeneas who was healed, and then you see Dorcas who was raised from the dead. Two obvious miracles. But if we're not careful, we'll miss the other miracles that were happening in this story. If you look back in um, this verse right here, in Joppa there was a disciple named Tabitha. In Greek her name is Dorcas. She was always doing good and helping the poor. What about that miracle? That this woman named Tabitha was giving her life to bless the people who needed to be blessed, to help the people who needed to be helped. She was doing what Paul talks about later on in his letters when he's writing to churches uh, and to Timothy. He writes to Timothy and he writes to Titus and he's sharing instructions and he, he talks about women in that section. He talks about doing good because there is still today a, a pressure on women to look a certain way to have an appearance of things. And Paul's saying, push past that. 
resist that. Be known for doing good. Be known for your, your acts of kindness, what you're doing in life, not how you appear to people. Push past the superficial. And this is what Tabitha was doing. She was miraculously transformed by her faith in God to a point where she was giving her life for those who needed it. Now, this was a, a, a really big deal and caused, I'm sure, trauma. You know, entering into the story, which is why the Bible is so wonderful, is that there's, it's so much deeper and richer. I mean, you can just go through this, but if you get into the story, you can kind of imagine. I don't know if you've seen the, the series Chosen. Anybody seen any of those episodes? They're, they're really rich. I haven't seen all of them yet, uh, but the few I've seen are just captivating. And what they do is they take the Scripture and they, they kind of fill in a lot of details. And They're not anti-biblical, but they're extra-biblical. We don't know the details of uh, all the disciples and what they've done, so they fill in those gaps. And so if you kind of fill in the gaps here of Tabitha's life, there were a lot of people who were despondent. They were desperate. They were depressed when she died because Tabitha was their provider. Tabitha was the one who was taking care of them. And so when she was gone, they were like, what are we going to do? And so this miraculous resurrection of Tabitha was a a miracle for them in in providing for them. But it was also a miracle for them that she would even do that to begin with. She was always doing good, and she was always helping the poor. This is what she did. And so don't miss the miracles, looking for a miracle. If you're looking for that big breakthrough in some area, if you're not careful, you're going to miss the what we might call minor miracles that are not minor at all. In fact, the, the fact that you're here today and you're choosing to go to a, a church, you're choosing to give your heart to the Lord, that is a miraculous event. You know, scripture talks about that we were dead in our sin and that God, while we were still sinners, He died for us. The grace and the faith that you have been given is a miraculous gift that God has given to you. The fact that someone has shared the gospel with you at some point in your life is a miracle. The fact that, you know, people have provided for you like Tabitha provided for those in need. None of you, I guarantee you, remember anything from the first six to eight months of your life. Right? Totally dependent on somebody else. A hundred percent. If an infant who is born does not have someone to take care of them, the infant will die. We have a God who is doing that for us in a spiritual realm and a physical realm. He sees the huge picture, and He's working right now in your life. Whether you're at a mountaintop like I was on a Wednesday or in the valley coming off that mountaintop, God is there with you. He's working. He sees the big picture. He has not abandoned you. He will never abandon you. And it comes back to not missing the miracles by looking for a miracle. It comes back to the miracle of the cross. The reason we know that God won't reject us and won't abandon us and all those things is because Jesus Christ did that for us. He was abandoned. He was rejected for us. He chose to give Himself on the cross so that we could be made whole with God. And I forget that way too often because I'm looking for that one tree I'm looking for that one miracle. I'm looking for that one breakthrough. And when it doesn't happen, and I'm not making light of those things because sometimes they're big, all right? And it causes us to go into a valley. And that's where we need one another to lift each other up out of these valleys. And we certainly need to, by faith, remember that God is walking there with us. 
He's providing for us. And sometimes it's ugly. You know, it's just not, I don't mean ugly like in a bad way. I just mean like it's, it's just messy. That's the word I want to use. It's just messy. It doesn't feel like God's doing much. And if you were one of those widows that, one of the reasons that widows were so um, in need back then is because their identity was, was in providing, was, was based upon their husband. And which is one of the reasons why divorce was such a horrible thing because if you cast your wife away, you were casting her you know, to a, a life of being you know, desp- uh, desperate, poor, homeless. And so this is a miraculous ministry that she's doing. And these poor people were in messy lives. It was messy. But God was there providing for them. And God is here providing for you. God is here providing for me. And it's a miraculous thing that God chose to love us so much that He gave His only Son. And whoever believes and trusts in Him will not perish, will not die eternally, but will live forever with Him. Isn't that wonderful? I should be overwhelmed with this news every day. This is why this is good news, which is literally what the gospel means. The gospel is the greatest miracle. Don't miss the miracle, the miracle of the gospel, looking for a miracle. Don't miss the miracle of what God has done for you, who God is to you now, because you're looking for God to do something for you. God loves you. He's miraculously working in your life, whether you can see it right now or not. And so hold on. Hold on. Believe, trust, know that God is working in your life. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you so much for each person who is here. I want to thank you for the truth that you have done the miraculous for us, that you have called us as, as, as sinners and as re- rebellious people. You've, you've called us out of that into your, to be your daughters and sons. And Jesus, not only are you our, our Lord and Savior, but you're our our faithful elder brother. And we praise you, Jesus, for the miracle of all miracles. That even more than Tabitha was always doing good and helping the poor, how much more were you doing that for us? Even when the disciples closest to you questioned you, you stayed true to doing good for them. A God who needs nothing from us chose to give everything for us to help the poor and so Lord I pray that you would overwhelm my heart with gratitude I pray that each of our hearts would be overflowing with the joy of being known by you that because of what you've done for us our names are written in heaven as we go through life that's messy and difficult, remind us of the greatest miracle. Our Lord, our Savior, we bless your name in Jesus' name.
Amen.